Finding a service solution that helps you keep customers happy can feel impossible. Just like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at a networking event. HubSpot's all-new Service Hub can help, with the service solution part at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform, with an AI-powered help desk and chatbot to handle your frontline tickets, so you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Howdy, folks. It is Tuesday, November 1st. November. Wow, that's crazy. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Rob Litterst, and you are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going to be talking about Twitter. It's been an awfully eventful few days since Elon Musk took over the reins last Friday. We'll break down what he's done, what he's announced, and what could be coming. And things are changing every by the hour here. So by the time you hear this, it's very possible new things could have come out. We'll also be talking about an interesting connection, potentially an interesting bad connection between the Philadelphia Phillies and the U.S. economy. Rob has the down low on that. But before we get to that, a few headlines and business and tech. Let's get crackling. All right, first things first, Hocus Pocus 2 broke Nielsen's record for a streaming film debut with 2.7 billion minutes watched in its first weekend. It's also now the most watched film on Disney+. Plus. I saw a commercial for this and literally thought to myself, who on earth would watch that? But I guess (laughs) there are people who do. (laughs) Yeah, there are people that do, like me and my wife. Yeah, I guess it kind of just has the mix of nostalgia for millennials and You can show it to your kids. Totally. That combined effort will get you those numbers. That is so true. All right. Moving along. Amazon will start producing daily sports TV talk shows from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. beginning tomorrow, which I guess just moves the company even deeper into sports this year. They're like gunning for ESPN at this point. (laughs) I will say I tuned into Thursday Night Football last week on Amazon Prime Video. Have you watched any sports on a streaming platform before? Yeah, I mean, my roommates are obsessed with sports. They have all the streaming services for every different sporting event that could possibly be shown. So yes, (laughs) but this is interesting because this isn't just like a sporting event. This is sports programming, which is different. And very hit or miss. Like, I don't think ESPN is doing great with a lot of their shows right now. Yeah, and I think Amazon's strategy here is to kind of rely on up and coming talent because mm. it's very much a bet and they might as well bet on some up and coming talent who can grow. But uh, I guess we'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right. Also, car prices are dropping a teeny tiny bit, but they're still more than 30% higher than pre-pandemic prices. In October, the average new car price was over $45,000 down from just over $46,000 in July. And lastly, university endowments are in the red following a rocket ship year of double-digit gains. The median return in the year ending June 30th was negative 7.8%. And get this, Wash U's endowment lost 10.6% in the year ending June 30th after notching a 65% gain the prior year. Stanford lost 4.2% this past year after notching a 40% gain. And MIT was down a little over 5% after rising over 55% the year before that. That is crazy. (laughs) That is absolutely crazy. So they're losing some money, but they're still in pretty good shape. Yeah. Okay, JC, it has been a crazy few days for Twitter. 
Yes, it has been a crazy few days for Twitter. A lot of stuff happened over the weekend, too, which is always fun. I think there will continue to be more crazy days for Twitter for the foreseeable future. And by the time people are listening to this, it's likely a lot of things could have even come out or changed. Now, what has happened since Friday when Elon Musk took over? Wasn't there a kitchen sink involved? He brought a sink, a literal kitchen sink, into the Twitter headquarters in San Francisco, tweeted out a video of him doing that with the caption, let that sink in. Then came the firing of some of Twitter's top brass, a now former CEO, Parag Agrawal, and then the firing of Rahul Ligma, which, did you see this? So I saw this mentioned, but I, I didn't actually dive in. What happened Yes. Here? So there are lots of reports of likely impending layoffs at Twitter, and some pranksters basically came out with cardboard boxes of stuff in front of the Twitter headquarters pretending to be fired employees and the media outside believed them in the moment, and it was very much a prank. Gotcha, gotcha. So that was interesting. And then reports continued circulating about potential Fs, which are now widely expected and could really happen any day now. Originally, it was reported up to 75% of employees could be laid off. Then it was reported maybe 25%. I imagine it'll be somewhere in the middle. And throughout all this, Musk has been tweeting out sporadically some updates. He tweeted out initial plans for the formation of a content moderation council, which is obviously going to have big implications here. And then both Musk and friend Jason Calacanis, who's a VC and also, I guess, Twitter's self-proclaimed now chief meme officer, were both surveying users about potentially bringing back Vine, which is the short-form video app that was super popular. I think it had around 200 million users wow. back in the day. It was basically TikTok before TikTok, but Twitter actually ended up shutting it down in 2016. They had trouble monetizing it and whatnot, but people say it was before its time. I remember Vine. I think there are some creators from Vine that have made it really big. Like I think maybe like Logan Paul started yes, on Vine. They kind of rode the Vine wave. Then they moved over to YouTube, made a lot more money, yes. But I guess the main thing I want to discuss, which was really a big conversation online yesterday, is this potential plan for Twitter to start charging for verification for that blue check right. uh, that people have next to their names. Normally, this is reserved for people in the media, public figures and whatnot. Musk's team is now, he said, revamping this whole verification process and they believe that verifying as many people as possible is like the best way to keep Twitter as safe as possible, get rid of as many bots as possible. And so they think that they could potentially start charging to verify people on Twitter for anywhere from 5 to $20 a month. Just to kind of put it in perspective, Twitter now has a little over 420,000 verified accounts. So if all of those accounts opted to pay $20 a month, to keep their verifications. That could bring in $100 million a year for the company. Interesting. So it could be both a, you know, a lucrative source of revenue, while also potentially, according to them, helping with the safety of the platform. But on the other end, a lot of people see this as problematic. They think that it could present issues around giving people the ability to just buy basically a layer of credibility as information sources. Right. We're slacking about this. I think Zach brought up the phrase payola, which I think that's <laughs> kind of the perfect concept for it. The thing about verification is it's kind of a smoke and mirrors thing now. I agree that making it so that you can just pay to get it probably isn't the right approach. I do think that there's something to be said for making all Twitter users pay for the platform so that you can weed out bots, whether that's like $1 a month or like some super low fee. 
but $20 a month to keep the blue check. <laughs> yeah. There's no way they're going to keep that many people with that kind of cost. That's crazy. A lot of people are upset about this, but I do think there are reasons for both sides. It's definitely different than what's happened historically. And I think that's why you're seeing just lots of bold reactions to all this. Oh, yeah. All right, Rob. So we got the World Series going on right now. Philadelphia Phillies, Houston Astros. There's kind of an interesting economic correlation, emphasis on correlation, that people have been pointing out around the Philadelphia Phillies historically winning World Series and the impact it has on the U.S. economy. What are people talking about? Yeah. So if you don't know anything about Philadelphia sports fans, they have a sometimes kind of a scary reputation. When the Eagles won the Super Bowl, there was just absolute bedlam in the streets of Philadelphia. <laughs> there were riots, there were brawls, there's destruction everywhere. But if the Phillies win, there could be something even scarier looming. Pretty much every time a Philadelphia baseball team has won a title, it's been followed by a recession, mm. which is nuts. So going through the years, they've won three championships. In 1929, they won as the Philadelphia Athletics, mm. and their title was followed by the stock market crash and the Great Depression. Oh, lovely. Yeah. In 1980, the Philadelphia Phillies won their first title, and it was followed by a three-year recession that lasted till 1983. Right. And then the most recent win was in 2008 when the Phillies World Series win was followed by the financial crisis. Sure. So even with the knowledge that the Phillies could be correlated with a recession, (laughs) a lot of people are still going to choose them because the Astros have basically become the new evil empire in baseball. This is their fourth World Series in six years. And they've basically been battling these cheating allegations for six years. So I don't know. I think a lot of people are going to keep pulling for Philly anyway. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm not a baseball fan, but I can tell you right now, I am not rooting for the Philadelphia Phillies. (laughs) (laughs) If we can do anything to cut the chances of this recession, I'm kind of into it. So, yeah. And bada bing, bada boom. That's going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Rob Litterst. Hope you have a terrific Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow.